The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about eight miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 10 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Yesterday, we began a sermon by Elder John Morgan Owens from the book of Haggai entitled, Consider Your Ways. We saw that the Lord was reminding the children of Israel who had been lax in rebuilding the temple to get back on the work of God and to quit focusing upon their own stuff. Yesterday, we began to see that our focus should be on the Lord and not on the things that are going on in our lives. We should seek first the kingdom of God. As we conclude the message today, Elder John Morgan Owens teaches us from Scripture how to refocus upon the Lord and upon His kingdom. Please stay tuned for the message, but first we have a song selection that we hope you enjoy.
to contrast uh, that, let's go to Matthew 13 and verse, 40, uh, verse 44. To contrast having your treasure be on the earth, what about this? It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found it, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. That's what he, he compares that to the kingdom of God. When you find that treasure, you ought to be willing to, to give everything for it. Now that's seeking the kingdom first, isn't it? That is finding your treasure in things of God. That is, as I said, an easy concept, but hard to put into practice. Let's look at a few examples of people who got this out of whack, who got their priorities out of whack, okay? <laughs> All right, so Samson. I can't think of a better example. Samson, his life, his whole focus in his life was not on God, even though the Lord used him to be one of the great judges of Israel and in the hall of faith, which, by the way, Samson, <laughs> the example of Samson was ultimately what converted me <laughs> Um, to this idea that, that there, there's no such thing as this progressive sanctification. Now, I, I grew up under a different order, different, different belief on uh, the role of faith and, and on the role of uh, persevering and that you know, the elect would persevere and that was an evidence of they, of they being elect. If they didn't, then they weren't elect to begin with, right? That's what I, I believed. But then Samson hit me, and I saw Samson, and I, and I thought, this is somebody who didn't persevere at all, right? But yet, he is listed in the New Testament Hall of Faith, a person who really didn't show any faith in his life, and that to me was, that to me was the fly in the ointment, <laughs> that I said, something is not adding up. Could it be? Could it be that Jesus Christ simply saves his people by his own goodness, by his own faith and his righteousness? And it doesn't, it's not up to us to measure, to see whether we're adequate because we're not, that, that he saved us. So Samson, he didn't focus on God. He didn't seek the kingdom first. What did he do? He was focused on himself, on selfish desires. He violated every single one of the vows of, of the, the Nazarene. He, uh, he, saw that, uh, he saw that honey in the carcass, and he said, hmm, I don't even know if he considered whether he was supposed to touch a dead thing or not. He just said, honey is good, I want it, right? He saw women that he liked, and he got all crossed up into that and messed his life up. And so what was, what was his end? What was the end of that road, of him just following his heart, right? Of him just blindly following the passions and his, and his fleshly desires, he ended up blind. <laughs> this world will blind you. And he was there grinding at the mill. Now, you want to talk about your life being a grind, right? You ever, I, I, as I said, I have found myself there just grinding away. Sometimes I felt like that in school, especially because I felt like what I was doing really didn't have a purpose. <laughs> you know, in school, you know, you just really needed a degree so that you could go and do that same thing and make money for it. And so it felt like a grind. But look, you can get in your life where you feel like you're in a grind. 
When you find yourself there, I want you to, I want you to just kind of look up, right? You start, when you start using that word in your mind or when you describe your life to somebody else just, just in the grind, I want you to look up and think, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, because it just may be that you are pursuing yourself instead of God when you find yourself feeling that way. And so Samson's there grinding at the mill. All right, so let's look at Solomon. Solomon is very, he's, a, he's sort of a different example in Scripture, but also he's a good example of somebody who didn't persevere either. <laughs> Solomon, the wisest man, apart from Jesus Christ, of course, that walked on this earth, and what was his focus? You would think that him being so wise that he would focus on God, but what did he focus on? He focused on fulfillment under the sun. That was his life's goal. He even said that. I mean, he said that in Scripture. He said, I made it a goal that I was going to find fulfillment in this life. And you can read Ecclesiastes and see how that, that turned out for him, right? We view that, 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 that book, or at least it has, a, uh, it has a reputation of being a depressing book of the Bible. But it's really not, as Brother Chris just recently said that, it's really not a depressing book of the Bible. <laughs> it, it, it is a very truthful and very real book of the Bible. Because he, he goes through all of these things that are, that are vanity and vanity and vanity under the sun. That's the key, okay? Because he was trying to find something that was going to make him happy. I mean, that, that describes, that's the American mentality. The pursuit of happiness. To, to find something that makes you happy. Whether it's a, 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 a hobby. <laughs> whether it's some type of uh, substance, you know. Um, whether, uh, whether it's some type of uh, person, <laughs> activity, you want to you just find your happiness. And guess what's going to happen? You're not going to find it. <laughs> because Solomon, had the, he had the funds. Unlike us, he had, he had the financial funds to be able to fund whatever uh, passion project he had at the time. And guess what? He spent it all. He had some thousand wives or more. And he, he came to the conclusion, sitting there in depression, that nothing under this sun is worth it. It's all vanity. Amen. So he, his end, ultimately going down that road, was depression and misery. You find yourself there sometimes? I do. Let's look at uh, King Saul. You know, Saul really was, at the start, a good king. I, I, I truly believe that. Reading through the uh, book of 1 Samuel, you see that. He begins, uh, he's, a, he's humble. He, he, he does good things as king. But what happens? Well, he, he has that act of disobedience, one, where he doesn't, he doesn't wait on uh, Samuel to get there in order to do the sacrifice. That was not for kings to do that. And so in that disobedience, God stripped the kingdom from him. And from then on, it, he, was in a down, he was in a downward spiral, right? But what happened? You know, ultimately, Saul worshipped himself above the Lord. And the end of that course was burning jealousy and crippling instability. All right? You know, they, they said that thing of David... Well, let's just look at this example. When, when, when Goliath was out there in the Valley of Elah 
And Saul was the guy who was head and shoulders above everybody else. He was the strong guy. He was the macho guy that they picked out to be their king. And he had delivered. God had blessed him to deliver in the past. He is sitting there just waiting on somebody, waiting on some lesser man to step up and to go out there and deliver them from this giant. So much so that they wait around until this kid shows up and goes out there. He was more focused on himself than he was about the kingdom. And so <laughs> he was ultimately very, very jealous of, of David. They came back, the, the lady started chanting that thing that, that Saul had, had slayed his, his thousands, right? And David his ten thousands. And man, that, that did not sit well with him. And he was visited with that evil spirit, it said. I, I believe today we could probably diagnose Saul with, with bipolar uh, and, and probably a little schizophrenia, you know, a little paranoid uh, because he was paranoid of his son, Jonathan. He knew he was plotting against him and he hated David and he was wildly unstable. He made some really bad decisions. You could go through and read some of the things that he did. He ended up wiping out a whole, a whole family of priests. He tried, to, he tried to pin David and somebody else to the wall with a javelin three different times. That's, that's somebody that's unstable. That's unstable. Now, you want to you follow your heart and worship yourself instead of worshiping God, you're going to find yourself going down a path uh, where you're unstable. What happens when you worship yourself and, and you, you begin to let yourself down? Your, your whole world crumbles. Now, that's not to say that, that if, if Saul were to have pursued God all of his days and put God first, that he wouldn't have dealt with, with um, emotional issues. You know, we realize that in our flesh we have, we have problems. We have deficiencies in our flesh that can cause us to be afflicted with certain things, okay? Somebody... Uh, who is even pursuing God can still experience depression and anxiety and, and can experience all sorts of things like that that might be associated with our broken bodies. Yeah. But it's not going to be like this. It's not going to be like Saul when he's pursuing himself. What about Lot? <clears throat> what was Lot's focus on? His, his focus was certainly not on the kingdom because if his focus was on the kingdom, his focus was on God, he would have stayed with the friend of God, Abraham. The problem that he had was that to stay with Abraham meant to stay out in the wilderness and, and you didn't have security. Lot was ultimately focused on the easy living, right? He wanted, when he chose his, his lot, Abraham said, you choose whichever way you want to go and I'll take the opposite. What did Lot look down and he saw the... the the, the plain there, and he saw that it was well watered. He said, man, that's some easy living right there. He chose the easy path. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to choose, that, that the hard path is the right answer just because it's the hard path. But it does mean this. If you're wanting to just coast and find the path of easy living, you're going to find yourself drifting away from God, right? Because it's going to be contrary to your nature to follow after Him. And also we see this in Lot. 
where, where his end was. His end was in the, in the capital city of sin, right? His, his end was, was drifting slowly, a slow fade into darkness, okay? He didn't, he didn't leave Abraham and immediately say, you know what, I want to go down into that place and be an official in this city where they practice these ungodly acts. I want to go there. No, he started by just going the easy path. I just want some easy living. And then you see that he, the next time we see him, he's in that city, <laughs> so desensitized to all of the garbage going on there. So much so that, that he would end, his end would be hiding in a cave in fear, right? All right, now, uh, this, this last one that I sort of thought of, you can think of numbers of examples. The last one I thought of was sort of a, a, a more of a comical example, but Absalom. <laughs> Absalom, David's son. Um, you know, you could talk a lot about Absalom, but, but what I really want to get out of this is, is that he was obsessed with himself, okay? <laughs> he was obsessed with himself. Of course, you know the story. He loved his hair. He was obsessed with his own hair. And it ended up being his hair that, that got caught in a branch <laughs> and got him stuck, and that was his end. You know, so, which, which comes back to, to the point here, Okay. The thing that you worship the most is going to be the thing that lets you down the most Amen. if it's not God, Amen. okay? If you're worshiping God, you will never be disappointed, Amen. all right? You know, if you're seeking God first and the election doesn't go your way, guess what? No problem because the kingdom of your God is still intact, right? If, if you're worshiping God, and your football team loses and loses in the, in the most pitiful fashion. It does not matter, right? Because that is not your, that's not where you find meaning. Your meaning is in God that will never lose. But if you, if, if you are the kind of person who you're obsessed with this one thing, maybe you're obsessed with Alabama football or, or you know, the Lord help you, Auburn football, right? <laughs> You know, or maybe you're obsessed with uh, making money. Maybe you're obsessed with a, a particular person in your life. Whatever it is that you're obsessed about, that, has your, that is your treasure, you know what's going to happen? That thing will let you down. I have, I have been there in, in the crowds listening to people who their obsession is football, okay? I don't know you've been there too. And, and you know, high school football is a great example. You know, you're, you're sitting there in the crowd and you've got, you know, you've got, you know, uncle so-and-so or, or, or daddy is, is yelling at the refs because, you know, maybe because they feel like they didn't really get their time to shine in football and so they're living it out through their kids or maybe their cousin or whoever it is out there on the field. And they are just, man, they're just mad and they're, they're making a fool out of themselves because... A ref made a call that they felt like was the best call, right? And, and you just kind of sit there and you think, man, this person is obsessed with this thing that they, they clearly hate, right? That just makes them mad. <laughs> you know, why is that? It's because the thing that you worship the most, if it's not God, cannot bear the weight of your worship, and it will let you down. You know, if it's your hobby, you know, I've, I've been there. When I, get in, when I get into a hobby, Meredith can tell you this, when I get into something new, I go full bore into it, right? That's why we've done 
untold number of things. We've done chickens and we've done, you know, I've golfed and I've, you know, done all kind of number of things and spent money and all these things. And because I go full bore into it, right? But you know what happens as soon as golf is an example, okay? I got into golf recently and it was fun the first time, right? Then I was like, all right, I want to put more into this, right? And you get the expensive clubs and then you get out there again and you don't do well and then you're just mad, right? <laughs> What's happened is that the, the more sometimes you, you focus on something, the more it lets you down. You know, the, the key to enjoying life is have your focus, your obsession be on God. Amen. And, then, and then everything else is good, right? right. Who, who, who cares if I hit the stroke limit on every hole on the golf course? Right, if, if God is my obsession, right? I'm not going to be disappointed by how I, how I bowled or how I played golf or whatever. You know, you don't have to give up on all of the things that you like to do. The point is your priority needs to be God. <laughs> all right, so as we, as we wrap this up, we've gone long enough. I want to give you sort of some, some questions to ask yourself because I, I, I want this to be something that, that, that goes with you, all right, that you live with, all right? Because as I said, this is important in your discipleship. If you are wondering where your priorities are, am I, putting, am I putting the Lord first or something else first? Sometimes it can be hard to tell, okay? Ask yourself this. This is sort of a little test for you. If the Lord comes back right now, does that, does that thought make you happy or does it kind of make you feel like, well, that's good, but I, I would kind of like him to come back maybe a little bit later so that I can do a few of these things first. Now, you, you all know the right answer, okay? So you got to be honest with yourself. When you first ask yourself that question, what is the first thing that you think of? You know, I think, I think that I'll speak for all of us. Most of the time when we ask ourselves that in, in earnest, our, our gut reaction is, Lord, hold on. I want to see, see Cal you know, do some of these things. I want to see some other children come up in our life. and I want to you know, you know, get that new house or whatever it is. You know, if, that is if that is where your heart is, that's a pretty good indicator that you're not putting God first. Okay? Um, here's another question, a very, a very real way to, to measure where your heart is, is where do you spend your time? Now that hurts me, okay, that hurts me bad. Um, I, our, my phone gives me a report every week on, on where I've spent my time, at least on the phone, all right? Now, ironically, it happens Sunday mornings when I get the report, okay? Right, right as I'm preparing for church, it comes up and it says, wow, your time is up, you know, 50% from last week or whatever the case may be. And it'll tell you what apps you're spending your time on. And that'll really, that'll really show you um, where, where your heart is. Because, look, you're, I know you, my answer when people ask me, you know, how, how are you doing? And I'll just say busy, right? I feel like I have no time left. But here's the, here's the truth is that you make time for the things that are important That's to right. you, okay? You make time for the things that, that, that you uh, enjoy or that are important to you. Are you spending more time on your hobby than you are on the Lord? Just think about it. Just, just boil it down. How much time do you spend with the Lord each day? How much time do you spend on these other things per day? 
And that, that hurts me. It hurts my heart. All right, so now that you've assessed yourself and you found that you're, you're lacking, <laughs> you found that you're not putting God first, okay? Um, first off, you know, uh, I'm, I'm there, all right? So I'm not pointing any fingers, okay? How do we fix it? Um, Jesus teaches us this in Scripture, if, if thine hand offend thee, <laughs> he said, cut it off. Now that is hard words, okay? There may be some things in your life that are getting in between you and God routinely, and the only answer is to cut it off, Amen. okay? Amen. Now obviously, if, if you've got a family member, or you've got a spouse or somebody that you just love so much, and and they're the apple of your eye, obviously you don't need to cut them off, okay? It's, different. it's a different thing. But if you've got a hobby, <laughs> um, if, if you've got some activity that you do in your, in, in your pastime that is getting in between you and the Lord, cut it off, okay? Um, if, you can't, if you can't fix it, cut it off. If money is your obsession, if money is the thing that you want more of, that you feel like you just got to have, the way that you could cut that off, right, is to give some of it away. Right. And that hurts, right? That's, that's one of the things that we do when we're, when we're giving to the church, okay? It's not, it's not about um, uh, the preachers getting up here and preaching a message that you need to give so that we can make money, right? right. That's not how it works at all, okay? Amen. Uh, it's for each of us. When we give, we are sacrificing to God. And we're parting with those things that He knows we, we treasure. And, and in so doing, you're giving that to God. And, and so if money is that thing, a good way to do it is to give more to the church. Another way to, to fix it if you can't cut it off is to fast from it. Now, we don't talk about fasting a whole lot. Fasting is in Scripture, as, as Jesus says. Uh, he doesn't say, and if you fast, he says, and when you fast. Okay, so there, there is an assumption in, in Scripture and a way of worship that in, involves fasting. Okay, now, um, oftentimes that, that is fasting from a, from a meal, but I, I have, have used fasting in my life from time to time to fast from, to fast from my phone or to fast from, from something that that routinely takes my mind away. Maybe it's a certain app on your phone that you find yourself. When you've when you got a little downtime and you're sitting there waiting on something and, and you just your mind goes to this one thing, that may be the thing that you ought to fast from, right? <laughs> it may just, just set it aside for a little bit and, and just every time you think about that thing again, pray. Every time you think about that, you want to go back to that activity or whatever it is, you know, pray. Spend some time with the Lord instead. Something that I thought about uh, that I may have to do from time to time is, is just schedule time to be with the Lord, okay? You know, my day-to-day my -day life is so bound by a schedule, okay, because it's so hectic that I, I schedule out appointments with people. You know, it is totally fine for you to block off time to be with the Lord and your schedule, right? And just say, you know, during this, this time period, I, I'm going to be with the Lord. I'm going you know, to go for a walk with Him, pray, read the Scripture. If you, don't, if you don't know what else to do, just sit there and read. Just read, okay? 
You can go to more church meetings, right? Yeah. There, are, there are opportunities to go to special meetings, you know, at least once a month usually, right. you know. But also, you know, Zion meets Wednesday nights. Bethlehem meets the other alternating Wednesday nights. You've got places where we can fill up our time throughout even the week to worship him. Right. And that's something I need to do better. I need to do more of. We used to go to Bethlehem a lot. Uh, now we haven't so much since Cal's been here. But, you know, if, if what I'm trying to do is seek the kingdom first, then I, that, that calls for action, Amen. right? I know that um, that's not a comfortable message to talk about because we all know that we fall short. Um, but here's, here's the benefit, okay? Not only do when you seek the Lord first, do you avoid some of these terrible ends of some of these other people that we read in Scripture, but when you seek Him first, you find joy and fulfillment. You know, no longer is your life a grind. Your life is constant joy in the presence of God because He's not letting you down. What does it matter if, if one of these people lets you down if God is holding you up, right? I hope it's an encouragement to you, and I hope we haven't um, bored you too much with this message. It's a little more of a practical message, but as I said, I, I needed it uh, more than anybody else. So. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com that's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.